0: this this planet that was created for us is amazing it's amazing but that doesn't mean it's just like people right people can be extremely resilient that doesn't mean they should be continued to be abused just because they can take it yeah
1: you and you said an interesting thing there this planet that was created for us do you believe this planet was created for us Welcome to episode 89 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly Brian Burkoff address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew
2: in hand. Speaking of good brews, one of those good brews for you might be wine, and you can get wine to one of our sponsors, Wink Wine Club. Visual wink for those watching the uh, live stream. Uh, uh, I mean, the video recording, by the way, on YouTube. Anyways, ooh, I get distracted. Wink features superbly squirrel-crafted wines delivered right to your door.
0: Squirrel-crafted yeah. wines? That sounds delicious. Exactly.
2: What? get started at trywink.com S W I N C w-a-n-c slash pt live for twenty dollars off your first order other savings even better free bottles on us if you want to check them out you can leave us a voicemail 980 pt live zero or 980 785 4830 or shoot us an email info at send us questions stuff you want us to talk about if you want to comment on something we said in a previous show, you want to complain, you want to congratulate, anything, you send us one of those things, voicemail or email, and we will enter you to win three bottles of wine from Wink on us. You just pay tax and shipping. We draw a winner every month. I'm
0: out. And do you want to join us for a live recording of our 100th episode? We're only 11 away. Join us at the Wild Goose Festival, July 12th through 15th in Hot Springs, North Carolina. The Wild Goose is a gathering of progressive spiritual thought leaders, artists, and activists, centered on spirit, justice, music, and art. Get your tickets at wildgoosefestival.org.
1: I just want to note that we're 11 episodes away from a July, mid-July episode and I'm looking at snow on the ground right now. Yes. Right? <laughs> what is wrong with that? Well, you can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive. And today, as Earth Day approaches, we discuss our favorite places to go in nature, how biblical texts have supported uh, the pillaging or mistreatment of the earth, whether separating matter and spirit has been part of the issue there, and how care and connection to the earth might be a part
2: of one's spiritual calling. And usually at this point, we'll share what we're drinking. But um, I got a voicemail, which I think might... uh, We got a voicemail, which I think is a perfect segue into what we're drinking. So I'm going to play this now. And I want to... The person didn't leave their name. They're an anonymous caller. I don't know how they're going to get the free wine. I guess I just have to call them back. I don't know. Here we go. Hello. I was just calling. Um, I am a new listener. started listening through uh, your newest season, and I really appreciate everything you guys have to say. Uh, I had a quick question. You guys um, are drinking almost every episode. I was curious what your favorite thing to that you've drank during the shows has been. Thanks. So favorite drinks during the show, and I can't determine if the, I notice you're drinking every show <laughs> comment. Is it, is,
0: right. I was like, are you judging us?
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Dear, dear
0: caller. By the way, if you're listening now, um call Ogan back and let him know who you are, so you can get the wine. Yes. And, and two, I don't think you're judging us, but.
1: <laughs> no, I think if he is judging us, he's saying, "Why aren't you drinking every single episode?" Oh, that's right. We are missing. He
2: did. He didn't say almost. You're right. Oh, okay. May, may, well, maybe that. Um, I mean,
0: it is pub anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course.
0: Sometimes we have reasons. Sometimes so. it's okay not to drink.
2: Um, so two parter. Uh, share what we're drinking now, and if you and. can answer the question, what is what is our favorite thing to drink while we're on the show? What do you what are you drinking, Chana? We'll start with you. So
0: I am drinking a Goose Island uh, three twelve urban wheat ale. Oh, I with Hazy that. straw color and a light lemon aroma. Ooh. Um, and I so we were you know local for all of Lent, and and I'm, um, I love again. Maryland has great local beers but i'm a little like need to get out of the area for a while so i went up to chicagoland there we go um so my favorite thing to drink on the show well so i'm my favorite thing category of drink to drink on the show is a craft brew because it's nice to have conversation over for me a, a craft beer um and i don't drink much outside of I don't drink much beer outside of craft beer, um, so my favorite beer that I've drunk on the show—I um,
2: don't know. She doesn't know. Right. I don't right. know.
0: Did I have I had one of the unibrows on? no no i haven't done that on the show okay i've been buying them but just not drinking them on the show (laughs) they're very high octane so that's maybe why i'm not drinking it on the show um the the oliver brewing company's um 25th edition that i had that was a a scottish ale that's probably my favorite thing I've i've had on the show that's a great beer
1: nice
2: when you said unibrow i was like wait Wait, right.
0: that is made in Montreal. In Montreal,
2: so. late, but you do a good waxing job there. I, I
0: know, right? I look amazing. I
2: <laughs> a little confusing. What about you, Brian?
1: Well, today I'm drinking uh, an organic echinacea plus tea, which promotes immune function. Feeling a little bit under the weather, but I may have added some honey and cream and a little whiskey. So, <laughs> local local rye whiskey. Uh,
2: so, uh, the alcohol. That's what I'm, of the alcohol burn those germs off
1: exactly uh
0: policy in our house
1: and i would say favorite beer on the show it's again hard to pick one my favorite style of beer is a sour um and i've got a uh, a holy ghost in the fridge which i was gonna have today a ghost is a, a sour style um but i'll save that for next week so we can look forward to that
0: oh brian i should bring you when we go to wild goose um In that 25th anniversary pack is a, get this. It's a rye porter sour. Mm. And which is all the bad words in beer land. Wow. (laughs)
1: Nope.
0: Nope. nope. So like, I'll just bring them to you. I'll keep buying the pack and bring you all those.
2: (laughs) Awesome. I look forward to it. (laughs) Sounds like a wine blend. Um, I am drinking, um, because I'm desperately trying to channel spring and we actually had a little sunshine for about half an hour just now. Otherwise it was raining all weekend, uh, from Weyerbacher, the Berry Monks. Nice. It's a Belgian style triple with cranberries, orange peel, and ginger. Yum. Um, And as to what I like to drink most on the show, what I like to drink most is what I usually don't drink most because it gets a little hairy, um. Wine and quads. Why? Because the higher alcohol content, usually about three quarters way into the show. Like I've listened to a few of the past episodes. You can actually hear me starting to slur a little bit. Oh boy. Because, you know, um, and, and wine is one of those things. So if I have a beer, I drink beers done. But if I do wine, usually there's an open bottle. And when the glass is empty, it's like fill that glass back up.
1: Round two, Actually, no, round three.
2: Quarters, three quarters. The bottle is gone, <laughs> if not more. Um, but it does make me more entertaining. So um, perhaps I should revisit the idea of drinking that more on the show. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But uh, generally, favorite bears are wheat, wheat bears, wheat bears, uh, or half of um Maybe some also fruit infused. I, I, I like the cloudy bears
0: you and i
2: could drink together very well y- y- yes we could yes we could <laughs> <laughs> although I, I have to say um um connected with brian tangentially has made me um open myself up more to like the darker varieties like porters and stouts and stuff like that um i've, I've developed a palette for them more than i uh, used to but you're not getting me into the ipas yet oh come yeah. on not
0: doubles i can do doubles i can do and porters and stouts have their place but like not as an ongoing thing for sure.
2: me yeah. yeah if i'm getting but. bitter bare face i don't want to drink it yeah, no yeah all right
1: well thank thank you new listener for a yeah, listening so and b leaving us a voicemail fantastic fantastic
2: old listeners pick up the slack man yeah. right
0: where have you been <laughs> they're like we've been here the whole time
2: I I know. And and how much fun to hear
1: yourself on our show. That's what can happen when you leave us a nice voicemail.
0: In addition to that, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's been responding. Like we've been putting up the question, like that opening question. And there's been a lot of response the last couple of weeks. Yes. And so to everybody who listens and's responding, like, thank you for that. That's, I love reading what you're, what you're thinking and what you're doing.
2: And special shout out to the international listeners. We have. Yes. When I say this show is being listened to all over the world, I'm not kidding. Um, hopefully by the end of the hour, maybe Brian will bring up a few of those uh, international countries, but they're all over the place. It's it's a, listen to all over the globe. Look at so, the color of this thing. Look at this, oh my God.
0: Sorry,
2: got speak, Speaking of squirrels.
0: <laughs> wow, One of those well, we forgot his medication today.
2: Logan <laughs> should probably be taking some. <laughs> to begin with go ahead oh anyway so speaking of uh social
1: media responses our um, opening question today in light of earth day which is this coming weekend the question is if you could spend a day in nature
2: unscheduled and alone where would you go beach gotta find a beach the beach is you have water that essence of life Um, even, even on cold days, sometimes you can still be fed by the water. Um, I've realized I've lived, I've lived multiple places, you know, grew up in Barbados, go visit often. Currently I live about a mile, if not less from the beach. I could walk down to the river here. Um, I've lived in Kansas city. I've lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and I realized that generally, even though all these places experience winter to some extent, if I'm closer to water, somehow it feed it. I feel better, even on cold days to go walk down here. I'm in Newburyport. It's uh, the Merrimack River flows right out into the Atlantic here. Um, even just to be near water when it's cold out, for it it feeds my soul uh, for some reason. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Not
0: that you need it, but there's science that backs that up.
2: Um, well, hey, sure, share me some of the science. It's all about yeah, science. There's
0: time. science that backs it up, that like actually living near water and water genuinely scientifically proven is healing. So, awesome. I I mean, I for me, it's also like I love the beach, but I have never, ever been actually alone on a beach. Mm. Right? Wow. Like wow. there's always people around. Yeah. And so when I read this, I'm like, well, if I could spend a day at the beach, like we're going to the beach next week for my birthday, like it's like, we're off, but beach is always where I go. But if I'm going to have a day like this, yeah. I'm going hiking in the woods, like to a waterfall to, a, to this to me feels like, like that, that I've been alone, I've been like truly by myself. And so that that's where I, I really get that space is, is more in the woods, in the mountains, you know, hiking kind of feeling.
2: When, when you're ready, you know, come on down to Barbados because, um, you know, it, it's, a tourist, it's a touristy place. So you have beaches that are like crowded with tourists and just plowed off the cruise ship and so on. But there are some local spots that you go and it's like your own private beach. I mean you go there certain times a day and there's no one else around and it's awesome. I I don't even need to come with you. Like you, you tell me when you're going. I'll call I mean I would
0: love to be on a beach by myself, but <laughs> I've just never had that experience.
2: We'll we will take care of that. Yeah. And for the record,
1: I've I've always been ready to go to Barbados. So me being <laughs> ready I'm not sure me being ready is the I
0: was gonna say
2: is the drawback there.
0: I can buy whatever I need. Let's go.
2: <laughs> uh, Episode 200, people. I
0: like the sound of that. I like
2: the sound of that.
1: Brian,
0: where would you go?
1: So I I have two answers. One is if I was being um, unambitious and wanted just to relax, I would also say the beach. Love the beach. Uh, It is rejuvenating. Uh, I love to swim. I love to just lay in the sun. I love to walk along and see the different nature variations or the uh, beautiful beachfront homes that I long to one day, uh, you know, perhaps have one of. And so I love the beach, but I would say if I was being more ambitious, I might say um, Cappadocia in Turkey is uh, this really interesting um, landscape where this uh, rock formations that are like when you make like a sandcastle at the beach with dripping the wet sand and it kind of makes the funny looking towers, it's got, it's got huge towers like that and the landscape is just filled with it. And it's really bizarre looking, almost feels like you're on a different planet and people lived in caves there for a long time, including uh, many in the early church. And there's even some underground churches uh when early church was being persecuted uh, under the Roman Empire, and so it's got some history, it's really unique, and you can just wander around forever and everything is so interesting.
2: so nice, yeah, literally and figuratively underground churches right <laughs> there, you go. there you go Church underground so
1: speaking of nature and the earth, uh, genesis one twenty eight says God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number' fill the earth and subdue it. So how, uh, how has this text done damage uh, by readers of it uh, in terms of how people have treated the earth with sort of scriptural backing?
2: Well, I, I think that's the question I have to ask. I mean, we've definitely subdued it and beat it into submission in so many ways, but um, are people actively using Versus like these to justify misusing mm-hmm. the land. Like I've I had never heard of that before. You know, you've you've brought it up here for us. Is that a thing, Shannon?
0: Um. Yeah, I do. I think that this. So there's a couple of things I thought of. Right. We totally reference this in a joking. Um kind of manner last week, like not this exact, but you know, the idea like the multiplying. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's, so there's a couple of ways, um, you can go like, some people argue, they use this text to argue, um, like actually not having children that we've over abused the multiplying, Mm -hmm. um, and that we're doing damage and harm to the earth. Right so th- so they're they're using this in a in a way that's different than like what we're asking but that's they they use this text a lot to kind of have that argument um
2: they also use it to as a case against homosexuality homosexual relationships
0: yes absolutely right so this 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 very verse is referenced a lot in a lot of damaging ways but specifically to earth like it's the subdue part right um so the nice way of saying this which is when god is talking to the human right the 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 man um the earth creature <laughs> huh. in in genesis 2 it's like you shall have dominion right? right so there's responsibility in having dominion but this text is often used as a we have control hmm. like we must submit the earth to our will like we must conquer it like it is like this is manifest destiny right here this is the text they use um this is we can go conquer lands and do it in the name of jesus christ because we are supposed to um be in control of the earth the people of god
1: yeah and the earth exists for us right Mm -hmm. it's there to serve us and so there's little sense of mutuality of reciprocity of dependence and interdependence uh, on on earth and and nature and creation and i i think this is one of the texts that just has been used like if there was any doubt in the back like i think you know if we didn't have this text Sure, people would have done a lot of the same things, but I think it doesn't help that we also have a text like this. And really, this isn't the first command ever given by God to human beings. You know, increase and subdue the earth. Wow, right, so this right. must be pretty important if it's one of the first commands so ever given.
0: Actually, I'm looking up because um, the, the English definitions of sub, of subdue which by the way is like that, that word is in multiple, um, uh, translations, right? Like very few Bible translations can agree on anything and they all agree on this word, (laughs) (laughs) which is very strange. Yikes. So one, like one definition is to like overcome or to bring under control. And um, the second definition is clearly to bring a country or people under control by force.
1: By force.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's the part that we have taken way too far. Right. So, um, you know, I often I often think about I'm, I am, by the way, not in any way, shape or form um, in favor of any government or anyone telling me what I can do with my body, let alone telling me how many children I can produce. But I do think that like take families like the Duggers, right, who have like twenty one children, like maybe taking this text a little too literally. No. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And, and
2: then there, and then there's the other one about about uh talking about the quiver remember the quiverful the quiverful y- movement? Yes. And, mm-hmm. Like you know, let your let your offspring be like quivers, and you know, on arrow arrows in your quiver or bow, or something like that. It was a whole thing about you know, have as many children as you you can. But again, again, context is king, and right. these things are being written at a time when a it's an agrarian society. So I can think I can put the subdue the earth in the context of farming. You know, like right. go plant stuff because this is how we gonna live and survive um and and your your offspring is like your best hope again for survival because a you need the kids to work the land and b you need someone to take care of you in your old age of 38 um you know and and keep things going so so context right
0: and and if you so i i don't want to get too far because that's just another episode right like it's just another conversation to talk about if you talk about, say, what the um, English and French settlers did, and the and the Spanish settlers did to um, the native people of the Americas, right? But if you if you're just talking about it from an earth perspective, the people, um, the the people that lived here, the, the they found this land very sacred. This was their their home right? Right. Um, the way that the old Testament talks about Israel, like this is, this is, they feel their birthright. It is sacred. It is a sacred place. And then to have people come in and conquer, not only them and drive, kill them and drive them out, but to conquer this land that they have considered sacred and then to, to destroy it, to kill all the Buffalo to, you know, to like, to um overuse it like we this is the text that they've used to justify that um and the hebrew word kabash, which is what the internet is telling me Ooh. um they translate that that verb to subdue to bring into bondage oh boy so like i could argue to have dominion over the earth, we need food, right? So we have to break up the land. We have to like we have to disrupt the land in order to make food. Um, we have to plant things in rows, we have to till it. We have to um find good nutrients, compost and everything else to put on top of it to grow food and sure. and we need that for sustainability, right? But this is a whole nother like category. This is Right.
2: It's about profit now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like that's that's what's It's a little strange, a little
1: strange. Yeah, and you know, it's actually later in this same verse, uh, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And then it says, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Yes. Dominion. I mean, another word that I think, you know,
2: reads as dominate and do what you will with. And I and I and I think really when you look at it, it's only within the last I don't know I would even say 200, but say 100 to 150 years, maybe even as far back as 200 years that we realize, oh, guess what? There's not an infinite supply of everything. We just can't keep killing animals for certain reasons. And things. I think
1: that's the last 20 years.
2: We're we're not gonna <laughs> run out of animals.
0: Well, it other people. Back, have been it goes back
2: them. a little bit further. I think last yeah. year we were clear about not do, about doing something about it. But um, but yeah, but no. yeah, but, mm-hmm. but I think well, again, there was a time where you know when you speak of you know you know the buffalo and 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 uh, the, the people who were colonizing colonizing settling in the west, right? You know, yeah. here are folks who are hitting this land, Europeans who are hitting this land, and and they're thinking these buffalo are everywhere. There's no way we're going to run out of them. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep killing them, you know, as opposed to the Native Americans where we'll kill, but we will kill for just what we need. Right. As opposed to passing. We'll kill for
0: we the need. skin and we'll leave the body, like we'll discard the body. Like right. The bo- yeah. I- I-
2: exactly. Uh, you know, we're seeing that with with all the uh, animals in uh, sub-Saharan mm-hmm. Africa as well. Uh, you know, what are they, like two white rhinos left living on the planet, uh, you know, everyday animals are being crossed off the uh uh, are going from endangered to extinct and but in some cases because of our awareness we're we're also going back in the other direction i mean at one point the bald eagle here in the united states the symbol of the animal symbol of this country and freedom was on the like desperately endangered list and now it's off the list because we paid attention to it and have have brought them back so i think i think And what I meant by the last hundred years is we've really begun to come to terms with our relationship with and effect on the animal life and less so the plant life, but more so the animal life on, on the planet and realize, wait, there isn't an infinite supply of these animals. If we keep killing them more than we save them. (laughs) So maybe we shouldn't.
0: And I, and I think that's just a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we've, we've lost touch with where the food comes from, right? We've lost, right. We, yeah. we've been able to ship, we've been able to, you know, I can get mangoes anytime I want, wherever. Well, mangoes aren't indigenous to my area, that's ridiculous, yeah. you know. And,
2: yeah. January nonetheless.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And, and that started about 200 years ago, you know, bananas right. got shipped to New York City and they got sold and you know, all of this kind of stuff. But, but I, I often ask, so when I have issues like this with scripture, I often ask the question of like, so why is it there? I mean, what's, what's the point of this?
2: Why, if, what, where the scripture? So why
0: is, yeah. Why is this scripture in Genesis one twenty eight? right? Like God created everything Or you know, at this point, um, whatever God just created in 27, I forget, um, stuff, stuff, stuff <laughs> was created. Right. And then it says, okay, people, you have dominion over it. Right. And, and so why is it important to have that line in there? When it's so problematic in our world, like to yeah. me,
2: I, I have an answer. What's that? I have an answer. Cause God didn't say it. Okay, this was this was humankind. Oh boy, asserting itself from an egoic place, losing touch with its its it the concept of oneness in nature and harmony. You know that concept of Gaia, that concept of we 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 human beings we're not, we not masked over anything. We're part of the same ecosystem and we're all connected. To do harm to another is to do harm to ourselves. And I think humans, as they continue to evolve, went through a place of really losing touch with that. Then the profit motive kicked in, you know, and now we're, I think more and more that's giving me hope is we're beginning to reconnect with that. Oh, wait, you mean all this stuff that I we've been doing since the Industrial Revolution is now wrecking havoc on us and our seasons and our weather, and it's mid-April and it's still snowing instead of us basking in some sunshine, Mm. and temperatures are, every year, getting hotter and hotter. Uh, Oh, we might have had something to do with that. Oh, look at that. We actually are related to and connected with everything around us. So I think it's really been humbling for us. But at the time these scriptures were written again, it's we got to be in charge so that we can survive. Again, back to the agrarian culture. Back to the our offspring is our only hope for survival.
0: Right, Brian. Go ahead.
2: Well,
1: I was just gonna say, you know, these these texts in early Genesis uh, really were added to the the you know hard to say how old they are exactly in terms of the the oral tradition and so forth, but came into the um, scriptural seen, I believe, when Israel was in exile. And it's really a part of Israel's origin story as a nation, you know, like, what is who are we and what is our mandate? And so I think when you're being subjugated, it's nice to have an origin story in which God is giving you control and power and that that is part of our destiny and that this, you know, exile is temporary and that we are going to expand, we are going to be fruitful, we are going to multiply Uh, So I think it's part of that narrative and part of that story. And, you know, you could ask, was this ever meant to be, you know, a mandate writ large for a large part of the human population of the earth? Well, probably not, but it's become that through the expansion, through the adoption by Christianity of these texts and then the rapid expanse of the Christian faith.
2: There you go. (laughs) And what better way to, to codify this as law than say God said it?
0: Well, okay. So yes, of course. Um this is scripture is is in the inspired word in, you know, our oh, whatever. Uh,
2: I'm calling uh, No, I'm calling, I mean I'm calling BS on that back to three. Wow. I and mean, okay. let let her right. let her that. go here.
0: So inspired word written by humans, yes. Written by humans in exile who are underdogs here, who are the conquered, not the conqueror. So the idea of getting your land back and having dominion over it is important, right? Agreed. Um, Giving hope and saying, even though it feels right now that all is lost, we will continue, right? Produce, like produce, like it's some factory. Like (laughs) have...
1: (laughs) God. Have, have many have, children's
0: by the way if you've ever had infertility issues it kind of feels like that sometimes but nonetheless like right, that's you know, right. another
2: show that's another that's show.
0: real but you know, have children like have hope in in children right like yeah this is a walking dead zombie apocalypse kind of moment where they're going we nobody should have kids nobody should that what is it children children of eden or whatever that movie is anyway like nobody should do any of, any of this stuff. And, and the, and they're saying, no, this is, this is our, our birthright. This is who we are. This is where we should keep going. We've like all things, right. We've taken it too far. Um, but I also sit back and say, okay, well, if the people are, if you just look at from the creation story, from the days, this is, this is the first creation story at the days of creation, right. And if you just look at it from that way, it feels very much, um, especially if we don't have houses and shelter and running water, like all the things that we now have, if we are nomads who are subject to the elements, it very much feels like the earth rules us. And I can see how this is a motivating factor of you can till the ground and, and you can produce your own food. You're not you're not subject, like learn how to farm, learn how to do these things, go fish, right? Like go, go out there and find food and bring it back for your family. Um, I can see how that would be a a motivating kind of thing to say. Say you're, you're in charge here, not the earth over you. You, you can provide for yourselves.
1: That's right. And when this is written, there's no concept of of this being owned by such a large population of the earth, nor of the technological capabilities and capacities that we have to take a text like this and really abuse the text as we're abusing the earth.
2: Yeah. No one, no one was thinking of Monsanto when they wrote this.
1: (laughs) It's act. this is actually uh, the text over the entrance to Monsanto.
2: You know, know, yeah. And, and it's, it's, we've gone to the point where again, here we are, basically copyright in our food you know right and and that's that's just insane an insane concept Mm -hmm. uh, for me you know when when, we when we and if you're listening and just really not aware of Monsanto and all the crazy stuff they've done you know go down that rabbit hole on the internet
0: yes absolutely it's
2: just it's just insane but um but yeah, I think I think you're right again, and it's it's all about context. And I think, you know, to to, to put ourselves into the larger Bible question, you know, it, it's there's there's so much unwillingness in many arenas to to decontextualize ourselves in this modern day from this ancient writing, um, and realize that okay, this we're we're clear that. Our subjugation of the earth has been detrimental to our survival at this point, because we've oversubdued the the, the poor planet and and when the profit motive was there, you know, for the love of money is the root of all evil, when the profit motive got worked in and we, you know, factory farms flattening all the rainforest and the Amazon to you know, to put these factory farms up and and you know the pollution with our cars and climate change and all that like it's it's we're beginning to realize this but there's still some folks who are holding out who are like you know you know what because of these verses we're having dominion and it's not gonna matter with climate change because you know jesus will come back at some point soon and save us um (laughs) right and 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 going along that that line and it's dangerous when you know to segue even further when we have people create in policy who believe that right it, it's dangerous
0: it's very dangerous That's and like, i actually i mean the more i really think about it the more the spirit of this of this rule right the spirit of this um gift in a lot of ways right god was giving a gift and saying here mm-hmm. have dominion over this um is to like you are one with the planet. You are one with the, like you, you are dependent on the earth and the earth is dependent on you. So do this together. And so in that spirit, our, our command right now is to actually do the exact opposite of what, <laughs> um, it's actually saying, right. Is to, okay, slow down on, on population because good things have happened, right. We have medicines now, so children don't die, right. We, We have fertility so that like so many people that can have children that couldn't have children Mm -hmm. were having children later than we were, which causes, you know, we're we're able to have um, less death and infant mortality. And, you know, I mean, there's less war or war is done differently. Mm -hmm. And so people aren't dying in massive ways. All of this stuff. So like good things have happened so we actually need to do the opposite of what this command is telling us and we can still keep the spirit of it right
2: this all this is what i always say to people who may use this verse and other verses about multiplying as an argument for homosexuality i always say listen we don't have a problem as a human race with multiplying like there's too many of us on the planet as it is you know so, so so to use that as a justification saying you're not following god's word when you are gay because you can't be fruitful and multiply so i i think if that command about multiplying is god's commandment we're doing okay overall
0: and if that's the i mean i go to a really weird place with that like i go to the place where i'm like if that's the point of relationship then why are we so hung up with teenage pregnancies right like if that's the only thing that's important then why? Then why is healthy marriage like? Why? Why do you care about divorce? Like, right. if that's the only thing you care about, right? Yeah. What about What about women who are infertile and can't have children? Should they never be married and never be partnered? Right. Um, you know, I, it just it's a it's an in it's an invalid argument, in my opinion, right? Like, there's too Agreed. much. I agree.
1: And uh, what if we inverted this text or, or imagine this text being spoken to the earth or to the um, wildlife or creatures of the earth, non-human creatures. Um, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue humanity.
0: Wouldn't that be great? What if that happened, right? Like God came over to us and was like, hey, subdue the earth. And then God went over to like the earth and was like, hey. Do the humans. Yeah, right? And like, I'm just gonna see what happens.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> this is, I think Yeah, holding the popcorn.
0: And you I know think. what? I think we've achieved it. <laughs> there
2: you go. I, I think this think, is what happens. I also think this verse might have been written by somebody who just was not a good gardener and was having wow. issues.
0: Not a green thumb kind of person
2: who's like, you know what?
0: You know, you really can't beat the earth into submission there. I'm going to be honest. You kind
2: of can't. No, it's really not. You kind of can't.
0: Oh.
1: So, what about people? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so what about people who say, well, the earth will be fine? You know, the earth takes care of itself. These are natural cycles that happen anyway through history, these fluctuations has nothing to do with human activity, and we just need
2: to ride it out and, and keep on as we've been keeping on. Well, I will remind them that uh, denial is a lovely river in Egypt, and it's drying up. <laughs> yeah, a lo- rim mean, first- Should rim shot. Should give myself a, a, a rim shot for that. There we
0: go. <laughs> See, um, yeah, we certainly <laughs> so- have to pay attention to what we're doing. Ooh. but i also i just i i am constantly amazed now we're talking about springtime and snow on the ground and all of that and part of the reason why we're all going insane is because spring is the thing that reminds us that the earth is resilient right yeah, that's right. like that we're so um in the best possible way that we're sm- so small and insignificant in all of this and that that n- I mean, I can't make the buds on the tree appear, no matter how much I want to will it into existence, right
2: We even get the hair dryer out, man Put the I hair mean,
0: you know right <laughs> and i and i I can't stop the frost from coming and killing those buds either <laughs> that's that's the thing, and the earth is extremely resilient i mean this this planet that was created for us is amazing, it's amazing, but that doesn't mean. It's just like people, right? People can be extremely resilient. That doesn't mean they should be continued to be abused just because they can take it.
1: That's yeah, you and you said an interesting thing there. This planet that was created for us. Do you believe this planet was created for us? Yeah,
2: I, you you tell her.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> look, I mean, okay. So I don't know. I don't know enough about this. So yes, Brian. In the way that what I mean by that is. That human beings cannot, life as we exist, cannot live on another planet that we know of. Right. Right. And, if, and I know enough astronomy and I know enough to know, I don't know exactly how, that if the earth was tilted in even a micro whatever the other way, we would all be dead. I know that if the atmosphere was even blah, blah, like we were created to live on this planet. So in 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 that way, it's that mutual thing of like we were created specifically for this place, and this place was created for like specifically for us to live on. In the way that that we c- can't live outside of this place.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna push back a little bit. Harken back without
0: without science, like without masks and so
2: so i think you're creating cause i think you're you you're making a what is a coincidence into a causality okay we were created for as but i get what you're saying the conditions because of the the exact location of where the earth is relative to the sun creates the perfect conditions that this species we call human can survive okay I agree with that premise 100% because we ain't found humans anywhere else L- right. or life anywhere else in the universe for that. Life as
0: matter. we know it, I'm going to Life
2: add. as we know it. Carbon-based right. life forms, right? Right. N- nowhere else. Now, I think the issue arises where people equate that with a theological idea that there's a deity who made this happen and therefore the deity is in control of nature and the planet; therefore, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and and, and I—that's—I can the believe the
0: first out. part is true without believing the second part is true.
2: Um, and yes, you, you can. And
0: <laughs> thank you, because I do. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> boom,
2: <laughs> boom. Yeah, 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 yes, you do. And again, where we run into issues with this is where, um. Again, anyone can believe what they want to believe. But then when you start creating policy around how all of us need to live based on a premise of this thing, this this planet we're on, and we as human beings were created by some deity who's got a master plan in mind, that's when we run into issues, especially in the face of evidence that what we as humans are doing is affecting this planet we're on and not necessarily in a positive way hashtag climate change so what do we do what do we do about that can we realize that maybe there isn't a deity who's pulling the weather strings i mean we know how rain is created how rain is made we know about the water cycle we can seed clouds and create rain why are we still praying for rain when there's a drought?
1: Well, it depends on your view of, of God and whether God's interventionist in minutiae of of happenings on the planet. Uh, but I wanted to wonder about this notion of us being created for this place. And there's also sort of the inverse that probably most scientists would say is that we are a product of, or we were created by this place, the- right? That we we evolved. Because the conditions were right, we right. came into existence. But I, as a person of faith i don't think that has to preclude god's involvement i think god could set the conditions for our lives to arise and so it's a both and not a one or the other and i see shannon nodding to that
0: only because okay so if you take
1: and and me and me
2: shaking my head
0: (laughs) all right right so so again all of what Ogan said is is there that is a thing that people believe right i i I don't know that, like, it doesn't have to be a slippery slope. Like, I can believe part of that and not all of it. I can believe that God created me for this place and this time and this, you know, and human beings in general, and also believe that we have to take care of it and we are responsible for it. Um, And that God has charged us with its care. And that is what stewardship is, right? Right. Right. And knowing, and I even think knowing the how fragile it is, and how much damage we can do, even more responsibility is put back on us as Agreed. people of faith. So, all of that to say, now what what Brian just said, like again, I I believe God's been involved in from the beginning, right? In in all of this, but the second creation story in Genesis actually argues that in if you take it not literally right the that god comes and creates the person out of the dirt of the earth right and that is what is what kind of scientists are saying right the earth was created in this perfect setting if you will and so we were we were creatures of that perfect setting and that's why we exist today the way that we do Right. right? So the earth existed far beyond humans as we know it today, and maybe even far past that or not. I, you know, when people ask me about the end times, I'm like, well, we're going to blow ourselves up way before God has a chance to like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's there. another
1: interesting question, for sure.
0: <laughs> you know, but, um, and, and not that I really believe that that's how um, that God's gonna, you know, the last day's apocalypse, you know, kind of thing. I don't, I don't um but i i <laughs> I do think that we have the capacity to kill each other far quicker than god's gonna do it right um, and I think climate change is part of that um that, yes that at that point but nonetheless i I do think there's an argument to be made that the earth was um primed for humanity, and I think that's why the second creation story I should also throw in like there are several creation stories in our judeo christian world right and that um that's why because we don't know right we don't have any idea and the people of israel at the time were trying to understand and they were dreaming and they were thinking and they were wondering and they kind of made this this idea and yes they made it from their point of view and their perspective and and if you read other creation stories from other religions they are also very similar and very different and and it's a beautiful thing i think that it's that we have multiple stories for that very reason.
2: Agreed. But at what point do we realize these creation stories are just that, stories that really have no bearing on the choices we make today about our relationship with the planet and the environment?
0: See, I don't think it's no bearing. I think it's a challenge to the way that we live right now. Challenge. I think. I think this very text is a challenge to the way that we live. Because we have to look at it, again, we're, you know, going back, but we have to look at it and saying, okay, now that we were fruitful and multiplied, and now that we are abusing our planet, how, like, what is our responsibility here? Gotcha. Right? Okay. So yeah. I think we we actually have to use these ancient texts. I think, to say,
2: I think I'm saying the same thing then.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Pretty much.
1: Look at that. Look at Very that. Good. And it may be time for pass or pour.
2: Are we there already? Dang, look at the time. <laughs>
0: we got so excited
2: (laughs) Uh, so uh, in the in the theme in the theme of uh, of you know Earth Day and nature all our all our past and poor comments are pretty nature related Mm. Um, so let's start with this headline if you want to discuss it women are tying the knot with trees for a very good reason we want to pass. We want to pour. Wow. Not, not with trees. Uh, yeah. You might
1: have to pour that, but it's a little strange.
2: <laughs> uh, a groom in, in Saka Mexico, we had a marriage ceremony that was truly tremendous. All the grooms so were trees. Blush, the blushing brides are all activists, and the mass marriage was meant to draw attention to illegal login. A serious problem in Mexico, where a third of the land area is covered by forest. So, quoting tree bride Dolores Lake Sigi, I can't pronounce her last name, um, she said, marrying a tree is a way of protesting to say that we need to stop exterminating Mother Earth every day, every minute, every second. Of course, that marriages weren't legally binding, but she said, getting hitched with the tree is still a serious commitment. She said, I thought it was very interesting that we have a commitment, not with this tree, but with all of nature. I thought about how much we've already damaged nature. So I decided to come and get married. Hmm. Would either of you marry a plant? No. Okay. She'd, I, she'd I, to think long about I'd use one. a
1: different metaphor or <laughs> ceremony. <laughs>
0: okay. okay. So here's where I was going. I was going with, is this so, like to protect it? Is this like a people marrying other people to get health insurance, right? To right. to Or green car marriages right like you're you're let's break down the barriers but nope can't can't really argue for this one I just, yeah. I just can't do it
2: uh i think
0: there's lots of ways to wear, raise awareness i do not think this is one of them <laughs> Well, it?
2: you know what? You should Google it and see the lovely pictures. I'm
0: sure there's of, great of people. pictures.
2: People in bright. I'll, I'll maybe post And
0: again, was the tree in right? Like, yeah, is was,
2: there a was there
0: consent? Was there Like, I'm sorry. I'm always gonna ask if there was consent, and I just yeah. don't know that the tree could was able to give it. Like exactly. Think, like,
2: What? Uh, why your... why, why yeah. do we? <laughs> why do we assume the tree was male, cisgender, hetero? and marrying a woman like
1: no i i was gonna say is this a same-sex marriage right or? i mean that's, that's
2: reach
0: there okay. is a, i think there's a way to find that out moving on oh, all right, right.
2: <laughs> our platypus milk oh. could solve the antibiotics crisis
0: Ugh, mm. i saw that
2: <laughs> are you interested
0: no because i don't want to hear platypus and milk together again <laughs> all right I,
1: I will i will second the pass
0: God, that's so good gr- i mean it's beautiful it's nature but like we got so enough from the I headline is, all i see is the scene from the last jedi with luke getting milk out of those things <laughs> yes
2: yes oh, that oh weirded me out to no end
0: oh god and then he just drank <laughs> God. All right, keep going. All right, this
2: one, <laughs> this one. Uh, as we're speaking, so as we're speaking about you know the damage we're doing to this planet, and people are thinking, you know what? We'll we'll colonize somewhere else, like yeah. maybe you know the moon or even Mars. And this headline: sure, why not? NASA cannot send humans to Mars until it gets the food right. The food.
0: Right, because God forbid we eat freeze-dried food for you know.
2: Yeah, there's there's a little more there's a little more to it, but um do want to dig in or we want to pass um you can
1: pour that one because my son
2: will want to know how this goes <laughs> okay so uh do a really so the current plan is 2030 nasa is gonna send a crew to a three-year mission to mars okay but the problem is to shannon's point the current food systems are only designed for missions of up to 12 months so trip to Mars especially if a round if it's a round trip will take around three years so so right now what they what they do is to prepare food for space travel is it's a it's a process either freeze-drying or something called thermal stabilization so you know the foods like macaroni cheese spaghetti they can be free dries and then they add hot water or the thermal stabilization they package it in the sterile chamber and then they can heat it with steam it's kind of low uh blowing i mean up
0: doesn't ramen process. last like 30 years like Canada? i'm
2: just saying but right now <laughs> yeah, right. but but the original food product has to have a long shelf life hence ramen but she's what they're saying is nothing in general has a five-year shelf life and for mission to Mars, we need uh, food with at least that long. Twinkies. Like I was well, gonna
0: say, like well,
2: foods that are not gonna kill us. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah,
0: that's different. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking thing. about like vegetables. Right.
2: So, so my question to you is: If you're going, if you you two guys are on that mission to Mars, and they and they are able to prep the the food preparation so that it will last. What are the top three foods you're going to pick to take with you to Mars?
1: Top three be. foods. Top three
2: to- foods. Okay. Tostina's
0: wow. pizza rolls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to need help being preserved.
0: <laughs> I know. Right. I think it's good to go. Um, ranch dressing, like tons right. of ranch dressing, right? Like, you know what? Let's go to the staples. Like whatever they feed me, I just need lots of ranch dressing and I'll be okay. Mm. Um, I
1: don't eat ranch dressing, so I don't know if there'll be room yeah,
0: you're not on the ship. South.
2: <laughs> you you do raise a really good point though. We we are already so much chemically altering our foods right now. Right. You know, there's that great uh time lapse video of the guy who had the McDonald's burger like in his trunk for like I don't know how many yeah. months. Yeah, right, right. And yeah, like, I
0: found my kids McDonald's burgers in my van. I'm sure they're That five Things years old.
2: not decomposing like maybe that's the answer i don't i don't i don't know so i would Uh, take bananas uh brussels sprouts oh
0: my god and dude of course you would
1: um and almonds
0: and for those that don't do the video you'll understand why brian gave his answer and i gave mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) and i'm with shannon i would
0: want some fruit like i do i do think i'd want some fruit but but yeah no i'm all about like what's gonna sustain you know, what's the guilty pleasure and then what I, What can I pour all over the crap that'll keep me going? That's a
1: good point. That's a very <laughs> good point. I, plus,
2: I, plus, a trip to Mars is is fraught with so many things possibly going wrong that, you know, they, they're optimistic it's going to be a round trip, but I don't know. So, <laughs> right, point, right. So take the guilty pleasures. Last, yeah, this is the last So why would I
0: want to eat Brussels way. sprouts? Okay. <laughs> Right. So really, my three are beer, bacon, and bourbon. That's what I there want. Very good. Oh, bacon and
1: bourbon.
2: Okay.
0: I might, I might I sign up for much that trip. Do anything with those three things.
2: Now we're now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. And finally, finally, speaking of of nature, uh, police blame mice for missing marijuana. <laughs> By that laugh, I know Sharon, Shannon wants to dive in. So from NPR.org. dot org, oh, a half ton. A I
0: half ton. ton
2: of marijuana went missing from a police warehouse in Argentina. Those
0: are not mice.
2: (laughs) The pot had been impounded there for a couple of years, but a recent inspection showed the inventory was way off. Eight police officers have since been fired. But their initial explanation, they say the pot was eaten by mice. (laughs) Now, of course, forensic experts say the mice can tell the difference between pot and food, and it wouldn't have adjusted that much marijuana. And while we're at it, the dog didn't eat your homework either. (laughs) So what's the best excuse you guys have ever used for trying to get over
0: losing my pot
2: <laughs> your words not
0: mine. <laughs> for my pot having gone missing
2: <laughs> wow. again your words not mine for anything that maybe you had trouble explaining Message. yeah i don't know the, the
1: kids ate the brownies what else to right, say
0: exactly <laughs> There oh, I've go. totally blamed. I, I have totally blamed the kids on like candy going missing and stuff. Yeah, no. Absolutely.
2: I've done that also.
0: Yeah. There you yeah,
2: go. I mean, yeah. any what parent has
0: another an benefit family. of having four children.
2: <laughs> so there you go. We we started this video telecast with me blaming my child for my audio set. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've
0: right, never blamed rats for things though. I have. Yeah. I I have blamed Derek for like bringing in mice to the house so that we could get a cat. Because he wanted a cat. but
2: <laughs> so I, liked, I
0: blamed mice on somebody, but I haven't blamed them.
1: I, I like that segue. I haven't blamed rats. I have blamed Derek. That was right. a really <laughs> quick.
0: <laughs> no, we had, we had a little bit of a, a mice infestation in the house, as you do in fall or spring, you know, right? Yep. Like it happens. But it was really bad that year. And he'd been asking for a cat. And I was convinced that he oh, yeah. kept, like corralling the mice into the house so that I would, uh, I would let That's him. Good. And it totally worked. I totally, I was like, if they will get rid of the mice, I'm all in. So we now have a cat. Oh <laughs> Who by the way is a great killer. Like I was going to
2: say he's a cat doing his job.
0: Oh my God. The, so we went outside. It was actually nice here for two days on Friday and Saturday and we went outside and our, our backyard looks like a, um, battlefield and the mice lost. Oh dear. Like nice. So many dead mice everywhere. Nice. Well done. By the way, cat,
2: awesome. cat bringing me dead mice is a piece of nature that I can pass on.
0: <laughs> no, I have never I have never blamed mice for stealing my pot ever. <laughs>
1: and and God said to the cats, go kill the mice and subdue them. <laughs> there you go.
0: And keep them from multiplying. <laughs> That's
1: right. There you go. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can connect, of course, with us and spread the word on social media. Thanks to all who have been jumping in in our conversations there. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Please rate us on uh, iTunes. That would be awesome. Tell us what you think about the show and leave us any questions. And you can watch us on YouTube or the New Thought channel. And if you'd like to find a conversation group, a pub theology group in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com. And thank you again to our sponsor, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
2: One last thing I'm gonna say about the we being created <laughs> I'll thing, point. but but seriously, no, seriously, no, it's all
0: right. No, no, no. I'm...
2: Is but I mean, I think I think we all, I mean, we all three ended up in the same place, and we're all in the same place in terms of action and what we do. But it's it's a it's a I think worthy point out. It's a huge uh, theological uh, difference between. saying god created us and like you know like my take on it is not that god created us but god is the very energy activity and mystery of creation itself um so god is the action versus the actor does that does that kind of
1: can i say god is both